Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm Audrey Cooper, the editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you've been outside your house this winter, you've seen them. The advertisements for Xin Yun are inescapable. It's a Chinese dance show and very controversial. This year, the Chronicle decided to figure out how much money was being spent to advertise it. And joining me today is reporter Matthias Gaffney to explain what he found in his investigation. Welcome, Matthias. Thanks for having me. So maybe we should start at the beginning, which is like even I was in Stockholm over the holidays and I looked up from a, a, a train ride and I said to my husband, oh, my gosh, the advertisements are even here in Sweden. What is Shen Yun, this thing that's being advertised all over the globe? Yeah, aside from being the advertisement that won't leave you alone, Shen Yun is uh, a it's a theater production and it's kind of got. A Cirque du Soleil slash, you know, uh, traditional dance slash ballet th- look to it. Um, the people who have attended it, such as my mom, um, would uh, tell you how it's doesn't hide the fact it's propaganda, anti-Chinese propaganda. The anti-Chinese government, correct? Specifically, Communist China, Party government. Yeah. Yes, um, and it's a show that you know. Uh, doesn't really hide itself in the fact that, you know, during the show, it's it's putting out those those um, ideas that they're being persecuted. So I think a lot of Americans would say, yeah, we have problems with the Chinese government, the communist Chinese government, too. But is that it's not just a China versus America thing. It's really an internal debate. And the Chinese government would say the people behind this are, are a cult. So so who is behind this and why are, why is this organization so controversial? Yeah, so in the advertising, you know, it doesn't get into it, but uh it's it's operated uh and run by Falun Gong or Falun Dafa, they also call themselves and it's a uh religious movement out of China that's been banned in China and uh they are very vociferous in saying how they're being persecuted against. Um they have some very wild and controversial um, stances on certain issues uh, that they take a lot of heat from, not just from China. Um, and then, of course, you know, the other side of the coin is um, China has, you know, um, human rights issues and and there's some uh, issues there that are brought up by Falun Gong um, that, you know, uh, doesn't sound too far-fetched that there is going to be some persecution for um, uh, certain beliefs. And so they go at it. I mean, they don't hide their feelings. The Chinese embassy puts out statements about Shen Yun and, and how it's the cult and how it's terrible. And, and Falun Gong also, uh, vice versa, attacks China regularly. And the if you if you read in it like in your article you explain like some of the basic teachings of the Falun Gong some of them seem like they could be even healthy you know abstaining from alcohol and and drugs and extracurricular affairs if you're married but it also is homophobic and there are also some things that probably San Franciscans would have a problem with within the organization. 
Yeah. Um, there's a, a lot of controversial uh, uh, teachings uh, that get brought up. When I wrote this article, I received mail from kind of both sides. Uh, there was people who uh, were upset that we didn't go deeper into uh, some of these controversial teachings. Uh, and there was the other flip side was, you know, we were this was an article that, you know, just helped China. We were, were perpetrating China's um, attacks on on Falun Gong and Shen Yun. And I tried to remind them that, you know, there's been a lot written, frankly, about Shen Yun and Falun Gong and this this whole um, phenomenon. Um, but I tried to keep it mostly directed at the numbers behind it, kind of pulling the curtain back on that just because of the ubiquitous of um, ubiquity of the the ads themselves. And uh, they have been controversial even within our very large Chinese American community. They were they were banned from having a float in the Lunar New Year parade, which we're now in the thick of Lunar New Year festivities. So there's a lot of tension even within San Francisco about Falun Gong and what they stand for. So why did the organization decide that the way to get their message out was to have a dance show? Yes, uh, it's an interesting it, – there's – a big backstory on how they wanted to sit, show how this is traditional Chinese dance. And there's a lot of controversy just on that um, because the Chinese government would argue that it's not the traditional uh, dance and, and Falun Gong does not, you know, they aren't the ones that uh, uh, created such culture. Um, but, you know, it's a way that they advertise to the average person out there who's probably never heard of Falun Gong. Um, and, you can see the advertisements that everyone else sees. There's no real mention of this propaganda or um, or China or anything. They kind of just pitch it as like a beautiful show to come see and watch um, a beautiful dancers. Yeah. Um, they also have um, some some blurbs from critics on there. And I'm always struck by they seem like very strange uh, critics. I think the one I saw on the bus was a paper in Ottawa saying like, remarkable <laughs> like they're they're strange small publications and and sort of not the best adjectives that are being used either yeah you get you get i mean you've all seen the tv ads where you know the, there's this person talking and then they're underneath they're very careful to put underneath their name and their occupation so it's like ceo of important you know banking company and and the people coming out of the out of the right out of the show giving their their comments what you also often see are snippets from news reports from the epic times for instance and that's a whole another issue with this is that uh Falun Gong has this arm of media um through the epic times uh that allows them to do a lot of these printing of ads um and doing a lot of direct mail uh so they have this operation at their fingertips that that helps with this advertising blitz Right. So I, I think this is a pretty clear uh, example of a story where there's not just two sides of the story there. It's like a pentagon of a, of a story. There's a lot of angles. Uh, you know, you may not like China, but whether you like all the things that this organization stands for is another question, too. Yeah. And frankly, um, the biggest I got a, a ton of response after writing this article and for the most part, it was people saying, thank God someone finally told me how they are make, spending all this money on advertising. We well, see it everywhere. We were, I had this one person who wrote saying that their daughter came up to him at breakfast in the morning and said, uh, what's this Fallon, uh, what's this Shen Yun advertising we keep getting in the mail? I keep seeing it. 
And they saw the article the same day and the daughter read it to the parents <laughs> word for word, the, the article, and they all realized what the backstory was. I'm speaking with reporter Matthias Gaffney about his investigation into the marketing arm of Shen Yun. We'll be right back after this break to explain how they can spend more than half of their revenue on advertising. Well, let's get to it. So how how did you do this reporting? You were curious about all of these ads and uh, ads are not free. <laughs> they cost a lot of money and they're very ubiquitous. How did you go about actually showing how much they were spending? Yeah, this was this was a story just born out of my own personal experience like anyone in the Bay Area is just, you know, on my subway ride I'm seeing ads and on my doorknobs I'm seeing ads, my mail, everything. Um and I quickly realized it's a nonprofit and so they're obligated to publish uh their uh tax returns. Um and so from that, I was able to go and obtain for most of it, uh, you know, they're good and bad about posting stuff. But for the most part, I could get three years of tax returns um, from 2015 to 2017, essentially, that would list what they spend on advertising. And I quickly realized there's like one mothership of Shen Yun International that's out of New York and it had zero dollars for advertising. That doesn't so, seem right. <laughs> I was I was pretty sure they didn't spend zero dollars. Um, and particularly because they're spending like in the holiday season when the advertising is incredibly expensive, um, that um, it would be much higher. So I quickly realized that the mothership just was what was um, made. They showed the revenue that was made on these shows. But it was these subgroups, regional subgroups, also nonprofits, that were these Fallon Dafa associations. And they, in each, you know, the Bay Area, the um, southern United States, greater Philadelphia, they have all these dozens of subgroups. And each of those was responsible for pitching their show in their community. And part of that was advertising. So I literally created a Shen Yun spreadsheet and added up all of the advertising uh, that they put down on those, those IRS tax returns for each of those Fallon Daffa groups and added it up and came with the figures. So originally, I think the the first number I heard of was something around 16 million. And my first reaction was, there's no way it's that low. Um, how much did you eventually prove that they have spent on advertising? Yes. At, at least. At least, uh, what is it? it was about 30 million um, over those three years. And, and frankly, like I just anecdotally from people I talked to, I felt like in the last couple years, so we didn't have those numbers yet, but in the last couple years, they probably spent more. It's just kind of increased. And that's show, that trend kind of showed even in those three years. But the big, the big takeaway is looking at, you know, you have 30 some odd million dollars of spending on advertising and they more than half of that, uh, it was more than half of what the revenue they were taking in. Um, How does that work? Anybody would tell you that doesn't pencil out. Yeah. So let's take 2017. So in 2017, they made $30 million in revenue for Shen Yun and they spent $18.5 million. So that's over that's over 60% um, of their revenue, expected revenue they spent on advertising. And that, so I talked to an expert in the advertising field who uh, basically said this makes absolutely no sense. Like there's no way a normal – Person, a normal company could survive like this. They gave, you know, the 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 average for an industry on on that type of ratio 
is 7.5%. So you you of the expected revenue that a company gets, they're going to spend 7.5 of that on advertising. And this is something that's, you know, 62%. So it was just way overboard. And what we found out was the reason, and frankly, Shen Yun told me this was the reason is volunteers. And it's these, these groups that put it on in all these different regions are entirely volunteer. And so everything is done by then. And then we also looked up the actual paid employees through Shen Yun and it penciled out where, uh, you know, we looked at total costs for salaries for them and how many, how many employees there were and it penciled out to under $30,000 a year each they make. So are you saying that the dancers, the lighting techs, the people who move it, all of those people are volunteers and not being paid? I think the people who are more directly associated with the actual production, physical production of the performance are often paid. Dancers, for instance, director, the, they have like uh, people who are the moderators. Um, it's the people who are doing the marketing. They're finding people, they're getting subcontractors to do direct mail. They're paying for the printing costs. They're organized. They're renting out the theater where the show is going to be at your local theater. Those people are all volunteers. Wow. That's amazing. So how long is this going to run? And is this a long-term strategy that we're just going to, I mean, we've been, we've been seeing it for years and years and years. Do you anticipate that this is going to continue? Yeah. Um, well, we, you, there's still some theater dates in the Bay Area um, in Berkeley if you want to see a Shen Yun performance. So it's still kind of at the tail end of the Shen Yu season right now. Um, and, and frankly, they do it worldwide. So, um, so if you're in Sweden, year. in Sweden, it's a lovely place to be <laughs> in the winter. Next time you go, you can t- <laughs> take up that advertisement you saw. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, I talked, I didn't talk to anyone from Shen Yun headquarters. Um, they're in all the articles I saw, they're very reticent to talk on the record, but I did finally reach a volunteer from the Bay area. He's just a software engineer who said that, Falun Gong movement helped him spiritually. And so he volunteers his time, which he says, and he kind of says the volunteers, you know, they understand the criticism they get over the advertising. They get it. That is all ever over the place. But he's, he's like, we're not marketing professionals. We're doing like, you know, the best we can. I'm a software engineer and we just want to get the word out. And he's like, we sell out all of our shows. So, you know, we're, I guess we're doing something right. <laughs> um, so I don't get the sense that they're going to back off on advertising anytime soon. Well, thank you, Matias, for answering a question that I know all of us in the Bay Area had uh, uh, for, a, for a long time. Thanks a lot. Sure. I'd like to thank Matias Gaffney for being with me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and you for listening. Fifth and Mission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.